Footy, food and friends. Josh Squared. Footy, food and friends. Josh Squared. Do fans squeeze ya. Josh Squared, yeah. G'day Squares. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, a huge episode in store. We've got uh, later on Mitch Ryan, young entrepreneur, uh, owner of new takeaway joint Kami, uh, which is in association with Magnolia Lane Cafe. Um, and obviously he also is one of the um, owners of... Uh, Courtill. Courtill. I was going to say to Hoof. I'm like, oh, no, it's not to Hoof. To Hoof is what it used to be called. Mm-hmm. Courtill in town, beautiful waffles. Um, but before we get to that... Um, yeah, we've got a few things we need to unpack. Firstly, Doof, uh, how is the mental health going? Because we've been copping an absolute barrage after the fallout from the top 10 last week. Yes. Um, as if you've listened to previous episodes, we obviously had the bottom the bottom barley nine and the final square down, which was the top 10 meals that we've experienced on Josh Wed. It was took, There was a lot that went into that. It, we didn't think it was going to be much, and then we talked about it, and we obviously had varying... Um, ideas of what we thought was going to happen we had varying um rankings and the main thing i guess was what were we going to actually rank on like was it just the food was it the experience was it the episode so we na- narrowed it down to that it was food and w- i think we hit the mark but we have some haters we do have some haters i think mo- like generally speaking they're all pretty happy like in particular the ones from 10 to 5 i think they all like pretty pretty amiable with that decision that was made like they were like yep I'm in the top 10. I can be happy with that. Then we got to the top four, and uh, we're dealing with four people that really, really backed themselves in the kitchen, and you know they all went flat knacker, and so I think that they all thought they were number one. <laughs> yes, they did. They actually all did think that they were going to take the chocolates out, and for good reason. Some of their arguments were good, and like they can't. There has to be a loser. There has to be losers, and some of them <laughs> are not gracious in defeat. No, there was uh, there was a bit of hate coming your way on Snapchat. Uh, we won't name any names, but one of them rhymes with Monty and the other one rhymes with um, Lady. <laughs> yes, yes, that is correct. Yes, we got some hate mail on via Snapchat off Oni. And it was, yeah, she was really not happy saying that she was very disenchanted that she'd been beaten by the Mexican Fiesta, which was Katie's. And then Katie was fuming that she'd been beaten by Bryce and Amy, who eventually took out the top spot. But... I think it's worth noting that um, how this all unfolded. So the episode come out at 6 o'clock. I get a Snapchat from Katie at about 6.30 that says, I'm waiting in anticipation nervously for the thing. And I think she genuinely was nervous. She was messaging Chelsea saying she was nervous, having a few beers and just kept waiting to be crowned, basically. And then at 6.40, the first message comes through. I hope you're talking me down to cover that I win. If I don't win this, this is beeped up. Can't judge on the experience, but on the food. The food was beep amazing. 6.40. 6.47. Plus, I'm the only person who got six Duftinis. 6.48. I'm getting worked up listening to the other three saying I just cooked mince. 6.59. Absolutely beeping ropeable. 7 o'clock. Effing lost your number one ticket holder. So, as you can see, um, Katie's taking it well. Yeah, she took it very well. I think... It's worth noting as well that she did cop six Dolphinis, but we'd had about six to kill slammers <laughs> in the lead up to that. Yes. We, we were anybody's at those days. <laughs> Very generous. And, uh, and Bonnie sort of went on the same line as well of the, that she's never listening to us again. And she does, we don't know good food if we've ever eaten it and blah, blah, blah. So we have lost two listeners by the looks of it. I think, um, I think 
It's like anything when you're angry. Don't they say something about if you're angry about something, give it 24 hours before you respond to it? Like if they talk about when you're in, the, in your profession, like if you or if you're responding to an email or something, you should always take the emotion out of it, wait 24 yeah, right. hours. Yeah. Because it's always a bit le- better. And I think that showed because we caught those two we heated messages in the heat of the moment. And what I don't know what you're supposed to reply to that. What are you meant to say? Oh, oh I'm sorry, you didn't win. Just screen them, I think. <laughs> well, I think that's what we went with. But um, yeah, some few not very happy customers. But the winners, Bryce and Amy, very deserving and were very um happy with the win and very um gracious yeah. in, in winning. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But um, and skinny. I don't really think he cared. The only thing he said is he's sorry for being half cut while he did his video. Yeah, he was um, he was actually probably the most gracious in defeat. He was just he was just very happy to be there, very happy to be a part of the top four, and um, that was all, it was all a bit of good fun. So thank once again thanks to all those all those chefs, but um, in particular those those top four that you know outstanding dishes that they dished up for us. Um, now the other thing I want to talk about is um how your health kicks going, Duffy. Yes. Now we're, we're about halfway through. We had a golf day on the weekend and we had a few beers and you were able to reel it in and did not have one drop and I was super impressed. No, I didn't have a drop. Yes, we had the inaugural Josh Squared Ambrose golf day on Sunday with 10 of us in it. It was a very good day. And it was my first real test where I'd been sort of semi in a social event. Of course, we were only playing twos and socially distanced. But um, it was the first time I really had to think about it and it was hard for a little bit. There was a time that I... I played with JD and um, he had a can and I, as soon as he opened it, I really wanted one. Yeah, you hear that? Then, you hear that? <laughs> and just the eyes dilate. And, and, then, yeah. and then I got and then I got past that and then after it when everyone was still having a few and then I dropped um, Jack Nail and Xavier Walsh home and I um, they were still having a plan on having a few more and at the, obviously at their opposite houses and things like that, but it was kind of tough. But um, yes, I got through that, and I see it as I've only got two weeks to go, like two weekends to go, and then I'm finished. So I'm really running downhill now. I feel like I'm close to the end. Yeah. So Friday the 18th, I've penciled in is when my I have an assignment, an RE assignment due on that day, and I've penciled that in for um that's the day that I'm gonna have you have a few. So it's actually two and a half weeks basically because it's I'm gonna wait to the weekend. But um in terms of eating out, still pretty odd. We obviously talked about it last week. I still have a few treats every now and then, but I'm down to, into the 91 kilo region, 91 and a half. So I was 95 and a half, so I'm getting down a little bit. But um, I really want to get below 90, which I haven't been for a very, very long time, which I think will be tough. But um, yeah, no, it's going all right, and I want, I do want it to end, though. Good work, mate. You're uh, you know, It's a credit to yourself, and I, I like how you say you're running downhill. Um, you know, downhill slope, and, and you mentioned that running. I know you've been doing a bit of running, and I hear there was a little bit of a mishap on the weekend with with your five k. Yes, well, if anyone who knows me or knows, I do like to, I do like keeping relatively fit, and I do like football and I like gym stuff, F forty five stuff. Um, the workouts at home is good, and I've been I've been home a lot, obviously, like everyone. So I've been able to do them. And running's not something I like. And if I do run, I'm a sort of try and run two k's, three k's as fast as I can, and that's it. And I thought I might branch out to the five k's to see what it's all, just see what it's all about. And yeah, so I did my first one and it was about 25 minutes. And then I did my second one, I was about 24 minutes. And I thought, I'm going to try and knock it down. I want to get below 23 minutes. And the track that I run, or well, the road I run, got leading back to my house, it's about 300 meters of a slight, like a slight incline. Like if, you, if I took you there, you would say this isn't an incline. But after <laughs> 4.7Ks, it's an incline. I'll give you a hot tip. Yeah, yeah. And I was, wasn't going to make it at 23 minutes. I thought I've only got like not long. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I didn't knew I had to start motoring and I 
started going and I got there. I was like 22.58 or something like that. But after I did it, I was like, I couldn't see properly. Like I started going like a bit numb. And I said it was hot. Dunham was bagging me out before, even though it's, it was a winter's day. It was hot enough. Like I couldn't, I got the feeling I couldn't breathe properly. And then I started gagging. And then as soon as that happened, I just started throwing up on the side of the road, <laughs> on the side of the road about five houses up from my house. And um, oh, I, did, I cannot see how I can get any faster. Yeah. Like, and in saying that, I do one 5K run on a Saturday morning and that's it. I don't do any other running. So I can't really expect myself to keep getting better. But in terms of the mental barrier, I just can't see myself. Like, I know you run 20 minutes. And I thought, oh, 23, like, it's close enough. Like, you think minutes, like, it's not that far. But when, in terms of running, that's a long, that's a big gap. It is a pain thing, I think. Like, it's just, like, 5Ks is that awkward distance. Because um, I like my long distance running. I like doing 10Ks, 12Ks, that kind of thing. And you can really just low off into a like you go I call it robot mode like you just you literally you're going and you're not even there you're like I'm off with the fairies thinking about stuff and um, I'm not going that quick like maybe doing say 420 430k's when you're doing long distance running but then I find that so much easier than say that 5k distance if you're really trying to work hard um, it's just a long time to maintain like a half decent pace it's, it's really painful yeah. I'm finding it hard to I think a lot of people will be able to relate to this especially with five 5k's I'm finding it um difficult to know what to start off because I start off too quick. So like obviously our times are different, but I was starting off at about four, four ten, four fifteen, and then my that's like my quicker time at the start, obviously because I'm fresh. But then when I'm going my slowest, I'm like around five minutes, four fifty five, four fifty. So the gap between is too big. But I don't know how I can push myself further for longer without blowing up, and I get worried about blowing up. So then yeah. I. But then sometimes I finish and I think I could have gone faster. It's a very difficult thing. Yeah. And I reckon, yeah, I reckon, do you get a big, like, real anxious about running? Like, I, I actually sometimes get a bit anxious about, like, the, that idea of blowing up and how quick should I be going right now. Yeah. This is, this is more probably in a sense if I'm doing, like, a 3K time trial yeah. or something like that. I look at, yeah, I find, and I, you look at your watch all the time yeah. to check how far. I agree. And then you don't, but you do, you do get into zones. Like, I remember the first one I got, because I hadn't run over 3Ks in, honestly, years, and I got to about 2.5Ks, and, and I thought to myself, oh, I can't make it any further than this. And then uh, and then I got into a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a rhythm, because I'd been going, what, 10 minutes by then, 8 minutes by then. And then the, the rest of it was, wasn't too bad. So yeah. I don't really know. If there's anyone that has any um, advice on how you should attack, attack that sort of run, pass it on to me, because at the moment I don't... It's tough, and I don't like it at all. Like I, people say, oh, don't mind mind running. I enjoy it. Like I don't enjoy it at all. I'm just doing it whilst I'm in this this health cleanse. This, so I'm, especially I like the fact of it being a Saturday morning, and I'm not hungover, and I feel like I've accomplished something. Yeah, win the morning, win the day, and I'm not I'm not enjoying it at all. And I don't. I'll never be a runner, but I do want to just see if I can keep. Because I know after this, this will be it. I'll never run five k's again. Yeah. Like I'm not planning on doing it to then be able to run ten or continue to do it. I just I'm just doing it purely just to see. It's, it's what a, I can get down to. It's safe to say, Doof's never going to be an um, outside wingman for the Me Machine, <laughs> uh, cutting up the fifties. Uh, he's purely no. loves being in that fit forward fifty arc or back fifty arc, and um, where he can body. be more explosive and, and explosive and body. And body that's yeah. it. But um. Yeah, we don't want to, we don't like running. Obviously, like we don't want to talk about it too much because it's boring as. And yeah. but if there's any advice out there on how you should attack that sort of distance or anything that people have, 
or even something to think about while you're doing it. All I think about when I'm, when I'm doing it is stopping. Yeah, yeah all, I do that a lot. I, all, all I do is think about stopping, even though I'm not that exhausted that I need to stop, but it's all I think about. And then I think, oh, I just want this to be over. Like, there's nothing enjoyable about it. So if there's something that makes you, or you can think about, or something that makes you a little bit more enjoyable, then let us know. It's a great feeling. I just reckon that feeling when you finish is like oh, the so feel- oh, yeah, just very, the oxygen is. running back in, like getting is, back into your yeah, body. It is good after that, especially after you've done a half decent time. Like, obviously, we're in different classes in terms of that you're much more suited to running than i am but even just knocking off personal stuff personal times is good yeah but um yeah i just it's not something that i, I want it yeah i need some tips Rightio squares that's it you slide into our dms get uh we're gonna get Dorf running a marathon by the end of the year he's gonna be an absolute machine <laughs> yep that's uh, it. 80 kegs new man 80 kegs whiskey me, ring me man. machine paying him four times the amount now <laughs> big pay rise um yeah you heard it here first Wakey, wakey. Oh, come in. Big night on the fins, Duffy boy. Oh, massive night. Oh, it's been a big few days on a match. I feel absolutely horrible. I can't even get up. Mate, tell you what you need. You need to get off your bottom. You need to head down to Flora Hill Butcher. Whoa, what, what can I get down there? Flora Hill Butcher. Beautiful steaks. Benigo's best lamb sausages. I'm talking stuff with feta, sun-dried tomato, stuff made of angels, and gorgeous schnitzels. Get a six-pack of fins there as well. I'm out the door. Your perfect hangover cure, your best man in town. Woo! <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about, Dorf, before we get into the show, um, is... Like the AFL Grand Final, so it looks like now, right now. So it's, you want to you want to discuss how filthy you are? You it's like just one of five percent that actually cares. Look, I just, I think this is the point. This is the thing that annoys me is that it's going to go there, and what, for whatever reason, you know, government, all that stuff. Okay, cool, but they're talking twilight game in Brisbane, which is tropical or a lot more tropical conditions than anywhere else in terms of Melbourne, Sydney, or um, Perth, or Adelaide, any other any of the other main towns where you play footy. They're talking twilight game, so dew, humidity levels through the roof, um, and, and it's pushing and- into spring, which is actually a wetter period of time in Queensland than winter is. So... The, like the likelihood is it's going to be a wet, slippery shit game in front of 15,000 people max, and... They're all gonna be they're all gonna be dirty because they didn't get NRL tickets and so they're going to watch AFL. Like it's just I don't know, man. Why wouldn't you go to Perth? Oh. Sunny, twenty five degrees. You, you know what we literally just spoke about five minutes ago about taking your emotion out of it before you talk about it. This is emotion fueled, and I'll tell you why that is because West Coast is the worst team probably away from Perth than any of those top sides is. Yeah. Any other team can travel okay or play there okay. Every other team's had to do it. You take West Coast away from Perth, look what happens. Richmond beat them. Not saying Richmond are a good side, but look what happens. Toys are out of the cot. As as soon as you leave the bloody cray pot, they go to water. And that that whole argument is based around your beloved Eagles. You wouldn't be saying it. You wouldn't be saying uh, it. I would be. No, you wouldn't. You would not. I think I raised valid points here. But obviously, what I have it, my own interests as well. And the AFL also know that the, 
AFL will be listening. They'll be listening to this podcast. Gil McLaughlin, we're gonna we're gonna sway him. Have a massive advantage if they get to have the the finals and the grand final in Perth. That is a huge. Well, advantage. surely it's an advantage for Brisbane having it at the Gabba. Well, not overly. I don't think. If, yeah, it should be, but it's not. I don't think it is. Yeah. It's well, agree to disagree. It's, it's equal if you talk about it. Both type yeah. teams from that state, but yeah. no, I do. I do see the arguments for Gabba, but I just think like everything. Everything points towards even if West Coast went at the grand final, it'd be just so much better for all involved. Oh, it won't they be could great even doing, you're they right. could even t- test that twilight theory. Like they could have a two o'clock game in Perth, which is going to be five o'clock or four o'clock in Melbourne. So they still get that twilight time Imagine slot. How sideways you'll be by if the game starts at five oh. o'clock. Oh. It's uh yeah. Anyway, it's it's looking like it's gonna be the Gabba. So well done to Queensland. Um, Eagles will win our second ever game up there. It'll be the grand final, hopefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're just gonna find a way to get there first. Yeah. Um, the other thing, um, well, I know this introduction's dragged out a bit, but I, I thought it was worth doing anyway. I, we're kind of thinking about what what's something we can talk about to do with footy, and we've I've decided let's go cult figures for AFL team. Like your favourite cult figure for an, maybe the Pies, potentially, or whatever whatever you want. Uh, I'm going with a West Coast cult player. And then cult player that you've seen locally. Um, so yeah. Did you want to start off or do you want me to start off? Um, locally? Oh, no, you can start. You can start. I want to have a little right. bit of time to think right. about mine. So I'm going to go... I might start off with my local cult figure. Yeah. And that is Wayne Metrovich. Um, Metrovic. I don't know if you know who Wayne Metrovic is. Yeah, the, I, I the do wild know. boar. Oh, I've played against him. Um, he's, uh, he's a great man, current coach of YCW, Man and Gully YCW. I think he's Sharpie's godfather or something <laughs> like that. He very well could be. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, he, um, he's just one of those guys that just excites everyone around you, but he's just absolutely mad too. Like He's a very well-spoken well-respected man, but then on the gas, he's just an absolute I have heard a few stories truck. about him, actually. Um, and there's a story, there's just one story I'll bring up, and it's this story that um, I think Kieran Nile, or one of, the, one of the fellas at the club, a bit older, has told me about it, and it's basically, he's at the rifle, and he's getting in a, in a blue with someone, and, and someone called him soft, and he's staring at him, and he grabs his pot, and he bites, he eat, starts eating his pot, and like full... Breaks the glass like just with his teeth. With his teeth, like his mouth was just the blood coming out of his mouth, and he's just staring at this guy the whole time, and he's just like, "Am I weak? Am I all this stuff?" He's just got glass coming out of his mouth, like just full, oh, full mad, mad bastard. And like when he comes in the den, he just he really just picks everyone up. Like he's about, I think he's about forty years old now. And he, he, he played his hundred. Coach Maiden Gully now. He, he played know. his hundredth senior game, sent us at the age of thirty-eight or thirty-nine. He's still at it. Like he just <laughs> yeah. lives and breathes for it. So he he's the first guy I'll think of in terms of cult figures. Um, so big shout out to him. He's a big fan of the show. Uh, Doof, who's your cult um, figure? Locally, and one that I guess I've had a few that I could maybe think of that I've like ones like that that I've heard of, but one that I've seen. First hand is um, Stingray Jake Hall uh, Sergio yes. Sergio Sergio Hall And if anyone knows Sergio He's a big square You'll be listening to this He's just an absolute character Like there's not Anything in particular That you can narrow it down to But exactly the same thing He's just someone that Is always up for a good time Is very rare Like he's one of the weirdest People I've met But in a good way But it's someone that just Brings everyone up And he's just a Real genuine Nice bloke Great footballer too one yeah. of Storm's greatest to play there, and um, no, it's just if you spend any time with him, he's just like just does the most random sort of stuff. Like always up to something. He's always up to something, and he's always thinking about something, and he's just he's just 
very, very funny. Yeah. One thing that springs to mind is one day he got up. We went to it was a mad Monday after we won all three flags, and we were at the bridge and we went up. We were upstairs and he got in the roof somehow. Like he got like up in the manhole. Through, he went up through the manhole and then he. <laughs> And he slipped and put his foot through the roof. So his foot was hanging down through into the bottom story where the bistro was. And we well, kind so of... he was like... He was, climb, he was, he was got, like under the, bottom, the second floor, but was, above the yeah, top floor. So, he, uh, so he's ground. walking around and his foot had come... I don't know if it went fully through. I was not I was there, but wasn't there. That, like, I didn't yeah, see the You were incident. out of it. You had didn't, a fair yeah, few bloody didn't see the incident, But his foot went through and then... We kind of told like Bluey and that he and he kind of just like didn't really care. He's just like, yeah, we'll get it fixed. Like, doesn't really matter. Just don't get up in the roof, sort of thing. Didn't really went all good. And then that night we get this thing on Facebook. His plaster foot hole has started. He changed his name to Plaster Foot Hole. Started a GoFundMe to to pay <laughs> to pay for it. And he's like, hey guys, yeah, as you've seen, I slipped when I got up there. Blah blah blah. And like. We'd all forgotten about it, and then he just brought that up, and that was obviously then we went into Mad Monday, but just things like that where he'd just gone to the extent to do something like that, and he's just one of the greatest characters. Always nearly best dressed for Mad Monday, but yeah, he's definitely a cult figure of not only Strath Footy Club, but out of all of my mates too. Yeah, you got got to love those guys, Um, and yeah, he's not the first guy to... To put a foot through plaster on the on the pizzle in any way, be the last. So um, big shout out to the GoFundMe there. I hope people got around it. Um, I, I don't think you yeah, honourable cause. Honourable cause. Um, I'm thinking about AFL cult figure now. Mine goes to the the one and only Q Stick Quinton Lynch. Now I was watching this video the other day on Facebook, and it was this guy. It was about it was him, and it was just. Every time he marked it within within about 65, 70 metres from goal. But anywhere. So he could be 30 out, could be 40 out, could be 50, 60. He had a huge boot on him. you get to 75. But he, if he marked it, the whole crowd would just start like roaring, like, take the glove off. Take the glove off. Have you ever seen him do this? Yeah, I've seen I remember he used to, because he played, he finished his career at Collingwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I do know. So, I, I remember him having the glove, but I didn't know the crowd did that. They did, like full blown. And what would he do is he'd go back, and then he'd like make a big show of like taking his glove off. He'd like sh- throw it over his shoulder, and the whole crowd would go, "Yeah!" <laughs> like sixty thousand. And then he'd go back and just slot it. And like he was really, he was trash. Like he wasn't a very good. Like he was no gun, but no, he'd just kick just his one stuff. or two. He's a workhorse. He was a workhorse, yeah. but he'd kick his one or two bombs and just. Oh, I just loved him. Like absolutely loved him. He was really just got <laughs> got the got the West Coast uh, faithful going. So. He's another one I'd like to give a shout out to. He loves the podcast, Big Q Stick. We might forget him on one um, So yeah, that's what another one that springs to mind. Who, who's mine, your um, AFL one? Mine. I wouldn't really say he's renowned cult figure, but I, when I, especially younger, especially when I followed Collingwood a bit more closely, I loved Leon Davis. Neon Leon. Neon Leon Davis. So he had his number on my back. I used to set up, set up this like we had like set up the goalposts in the backyard and just like practice running around the boundary and dribbling it and that. And I just used to love how he used to just stick his tongue out a little bit with that one finger after he used to kick the goal. And I started doing it. So I would start, I would do it in real football at local under 12s. Pretend that I was Neon Leon Davis. But here's another one. I watch his, I've got a video saved. Like, you know, you can save videos on Facebook and it's like spine tingling stuff from Neon Leon Davis. And he was just a friend. Like he, I'm pretty sure he like I don't know if he won or he got he'd been nominated for multiple goals of the year, multiple marks of the year. But yeah. just like a lot of um, the indigenous players and small forwards, just 
had something this very special. And when he was up and going, he was a freak. Like, he reminded me sort of a bit like, bit like Eddie Betsy's now. Yeah. But yeah. he was just someone... Just a bit of magic whenever he's around. And the oh, Collingwood yeah. faithful absolutely loved him. So he was... The, yeah, he's my cult figure, especially growing up as, as a young bloke. I absolutely loved him. Yeah, a couple of rip, rippers right there. Big shout-out to Neon Lamb. Big shout-out to Q-Stick. Big shout-out to Sergio Stingray. And, of course, the wild boar. Wayne Metrovich. We better get into the show now. It's been a pretty solid intro. Um, sit back and relax in enjoying our chat with Mitch Ryan. Oi, Dolph, I'm building a house in Bendigo and I've got to get rid of all this waste. I've got just the man. I'll give you his number. G'day, Bruce Pridham, big boy bin hire. Yeah, g'day, Bruce. I need a bin. Uh, a bin. Uh, what kind of bin, mate? We've got lots of them. Uh, we've got skip bins. We've got 30-litre bins. We've got 120-litre bins. What's your project? Uh, building a house. Building a house. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you need, mate. Just pop on over and I'll sort you out. Big boy bin high. Yeehaw! <laughs> Who wants to come on a date? Small portions of food we hate. Please make sure it is not late. You'll need to concentrate. Come and seal your fate. Or write your play. Mate. Mate. <laughs> Radio. It's with great pleasure that we welcome one of Bendigo's up-and-coming small business owners. He's Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen. He's the uh, owner of the or the creator of the famous food truck festival in Bendigo. Please put your hands together for one Mitch Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> Welcome, Mitch. Thanks, boys. Uh, Mitch, mate, thanks for having us on board. Uh, at the minute, we're in Court Hill, uh, up, in, up in the office here recording, but we've just uh, had a beautiful feed um, down at Kami, which is your... Oh, Kami. 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 <laughs> my apologies. Uh, <laughs> Malaysia, yeah. Um, uh, we're we're going to get to that in a sec. The food was absolutely fantastic, um, and we're going to let everyone know, all our squares, what Kami is about, because it is... Brand spanking new, um, new on the scene in Benio. But before we get to that, um, there are probably a few squares out there who, who might not even know who you are. So um, we'd like to kind of introduce how we know you um, and then, yeah, got a few background stories that we'd like you to elaborate on if you don't mind. Of course, no worries. Sounds good. Duffy, would you like to um, yeah, touch on that? While we were just sitting here, I actually, I can't remember the first time we met, but it was a while ago. And I don't know if it was even through JD, was it? No, I'm not sure. I re- the first time I would have ever met you at all was when uh, we come out to watch you play footy at Strathfield, say, me and Louis Brown, um, <laughs> one, sat- one Saturday morning. Oh, um, I've heard about this, I think. Um, but aside from that, no, I-, I honestly can't even remember the first time I met, met you. Maybe just... I reckon it was one of those like mutual friends with JD. I sort of knew your name sort of thing. And then you think that you know people because we do this all the time. You're like, yeah, we've met. And then I remember it was Zane Edison. Then he's like... I don't think we've actually spoken in person, but I talk about you and you talk about me. But yeah, obviously you're good friends with JD and you've done the food truck festival and things and I would have been pestering you there for free free piss. That's my very number one thing to do. But um, no, yeah, we have a lot of mutual friends and yeah, I feel like we've known each other for a while and then of late, obviously, we've catch it, catch up a little bit with uh, me showing you how to play golf and stuff. But um, Yeah, absolutely, mate. And yeah, but 
Yeah, I can't really remember exactly, but it's a good friendship so far. <laughs> a nice friendship. It's a nice way to start getting treated to the midday show feast from uh, Big Fat Cat. Uh, I think he might have been there from the night before, to be honest. <laughs> getting a watch for rain, 12 goals on Mary Burroughs, 16-year-olds. Would have been good value, I reckon. That would have been. Um, and then, yeah, we talked about dinner. But... You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> we talked about dinner. Sound guy, well done, mate. You're on fire. Off to a good start. Um... The first time I probably met you, Mitch, was at the Queen's Arms, and it was just before the first ever food truck festival. Um, I reckon it might have been days out, like a couple of days out, or probably the night before. I reckon it was literally the Thursday night. The first night was the following Friday night, and um, Big Father JD and I were at home doing a bit of last minute work, and figured we'd better go and uh, have one beer before we. Just a quick side note: What were the stress levels like? Like blood pressure, JD? What do you reckon we would have been hitting? <laughs> Uh, high, I think they run high generally. But, 160 but, over 100, yeah, easy. Yeah, but, but um, no, nah, I mean, they're pretty stressful when we sort of didn't know what we were doing. Um, running our first event of that size is definitely a pretty pretty stressful um, night before, that's for sure. So, But that, yeah, that would have been the first time um, first time that we met. Yeah, and uh, we will get to the, the food truck um, a little bit later, but um, yeah, I just remember... Thinking at the time that, gee whiz, these boys have got it under control, really. Like, they, they seem so cool, calm and collected. Having a few beers, I'm like, I might try and get a food yeah. truck festival going myself. Don't worry, I, I lived with JD, JD at the time at Condon Street, and we were living together. And um, I thought that it was all um, sun and roses, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I wanted it, and he was like, you bring nothing to it, and it is that much work, you wouldn't even know where to start. Like, you'd get quite angry when I'd be like, oh. I can get HP learn to sell stuff. He's like, you don't know anything, blah, blah, blah. But credit to you, because it's an absolute, it's an awesome event. And yeah. hopefully you can go ahead this year. Yeah, 100%. Um, and we talked about, so like, you, you didn't really play footy that I'm aware of in Bendigo. Um, no, I played, played one brief season when I moved here for South Bendigo under 19s. Um, that says a lot. Or, played six or seven <laughs> games there, and that, that was, yeah, about it. Yeah, we love the bloods here. You the bloods? Um, we do. We illegally dob them in for training. About five minutes. No hard feelings. I talked to Hobbs. He's happy with it. Um, uh, but uh, on the other side of things, golf, a, a skill that a lot of us struggle with, um, any of our mates anyway, footy boys, reasonably handy with the stick. What are you hitting at the minute, uh, handicap-wise? Uh, off four at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I love golf. I um, Having always worked hospo, sort of struggled with footy a little bit because you know you generally work weekends and nights and all that sort of stuff so golf you can obviously play during the week and at your leisure a bit so that's probably where the golf stuff started um and then yeah for the last three or four years been um, a member of clubs and and yeah can't get enough of it now it's a it's a ripping game i'm i'm terrible at it don't get me wrong but <laughs> i still keep coming back and it, it, i think i feel like the better you get the more frustrating it probably is as well um yeah absolutely but the, the best part about golf is like it doesn't matter how good or bad you are you can all fucking play together yeah. all your mates can play together um you can go around trips all that sort of stuff so that that's a, that's the funnest part about it yeah and soak up some rays you kind of feel like you're doing some exercise while you're <laughs> Oh yeah, I, 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 don't, <laughs> worry, do some don't worry. At the moment, it's noted when I do. I've got obviously on the very strict. I've got the calendar that I mark off. If I've been to golf and I don't write golf, ten k walk, ten <laughs> k walk, yeah, equivalent to a five k time trial. Yeah, oh, yeah, for mine. Yes, yeah, especially when you walk on one side of the fairway to the other over and over and over. And oh, over well, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm only going up to walk very far per shot. <laughs> Let's just say we, Duff and I, both get our money's worth for shots. Uh, on any given and how good do we? you go out and you see people like especially older blokes like you know how there's things that people say like about the weather like 
Like, like you ask him out, he's like, oh, bloody sunny out here today or something like this. They always yeah, say, yeah, I yeah. found with golf that when sometimes when you ask people how you're hitting them and they go, oh, plenty. <laughs> oh, plenty. Like, <laughs> I've noticed a lot of people say that. It's just like a token golf throwaway thing. They do. That, um, yeah, the old fellas, it's like a bit of a funny thing in golf where the old fellas seem to think that they like own the course a little bit and they don't like the young... Bucks getting out there and you know messing up their their sports. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, uh... Probably fair enough for some people. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like Dogger Walsh and that. Like <laughs> him and Nails, they're out there drinking a slab of Johnny Walker cans, <laughs> and, and I'm watching Dave Walsh hitting them and hacking up the fairways. <laughs> so there are some people that and. It was a few episodes ago that you actually got falsely accused of riding in the uh, wet concrete at one of the courses. <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you heard that much, but yeah, we were at, uh, yeah, uh, it's a side note, but we, yeah, we were at Belmore Park and yeah, we did get accused because we were the young guys um, that, of course, it was us that wrote our initials in the concrete. You're an idiot. Uh, thank God there was a bunch of even younger, stupid delinquents out there that, <laughs> <laughs> that were the ones that, that took did the rap. Yeah. Um, but anyway, enough of that, enough of golf. It's a uh, yeah, ripping game. Um, and yeah, by all reports from Doof and others that, yeah, can't hit them well. I'm very jealous. One day, hopefully, hopefully we'll get there, Doof. Yes, hopefully. But one of our very favourite things we like to do when we get people on, and as you know, because you're an avid listener and you provided us with a few of your very great mates that have come through with the absolute goods. And obviously, we're a very PG show, so it does limit. 95% of what we can talk about people <laughs> yeah. but there are a few things the I, there are a few things I want to touch on and I actually was having a good laugh when I was reading them and Chelsea asked last night she said what are you laughing at and I had to explain this to her and she didn't find it as funny as I did <laughs> but um, this first one and I reckon I will be able to lots of people will be able to relate to this because I remember one of my mates doing it just run us through um, so 16 um, you're 16 years old having a party and obviously being underage you find it difficult to get alcohol so just run us through like what sort of plan you go like most people would go let's get an older brother or we'll get someone's old man who's a bit of a legend to do it but you've opted for something else um so yeah when we were younger my mum and dad split up um when i was uh, 15 at the time so i I lived with my old man and my two younger brothers lived with mum um and dad used to head out and socialize a bit on friday nights and whatever so we generally would have the house um to ourselves for the weekend um and it became quite a notorious party house when we were younger but obviously struggled to get a um, booze being only 15 and 16 at the time so we hatched a, pl- <laughs> had- <laughs> a plan one night um, there's a bottle of about oh, 200 meters up the road um, that we'd walk into um, dressed up as as tradies <laughs> in some of dad's old old work gear um, swinging a set of keys um, and just asked for the heaviest beer possible i just got the heaviest beer possible as if we'd it would knocked off work so Walked in there, um, strutting, figured it was foolproof, swinging the keys around, and the bloke just looked at me straight away. I'd actually rub mud onto my hands and face. Fa- <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been one of those jobs that you can tell where it's just been. Go for a bit of 5pm shadow as well with the mud. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the bloke just looked at me, I said, oh, mate, I'll just go over here, slab of VVs, thanks. And he just said, yeah, they're just down the back, help yourself. So I walked down the back, grabbed this slab of VVs, walked back up the front and put them on the front counter and um, just went to grab me wallet and pay. And he goes, oh, I have to see some ID, please, mate. I said, oh, no worries. I just left it in the car. I'll be back one second. So I walked out with the car keys and then we just walked straight home after that. That's uh, what an absolute pity. That's uh, that's commitment to the cause, though. And it's all worked out all right. I I used to hate, actually, as a bartender, I used to hate... um, 
I used to hate catching them. Like, I knew that they were underage, and I'm just going, oh, I'm going to have to ask this guy for ID. And he comes up, and he asks for it, and I'm like, you got any ID, mate? Yes. Oh, or they give you something like absolute bogus, and you look at it, and you just go, and you, you know, you're just going, Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm this sorry. Is, I, wish, this I, is, I wish I could give it to you. This that is, is not you. This is the girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another another giveaway was actually when I was 18, I thought I had I jacked, uh, not 18, I was at 18, pumped myself up at the Cambrian. I'm like, right, I'm going for it. And I got up there and he goes, what do you have I'm like, I'll just get a cup of beer, please, mate. <laughs> a cup of beer. I've never heard anyone call it a cup of beer and I never will again. Like, it's, and I think just, yeah, little things like that, the, when you're younger, you, you probably don't realise that, you know, the, the dead giveaways that you think are foolproof at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the other thing, yeah, that we want to talk about was uh, a coaching experience you had. So, uh, you obviously played a bit of footy. I think you must have coached a bit of footy and maybe... You coach a year seven team at one stage. Um, would you like to elaborate on oh, no. on the trials and tribulations of that experience? <laughs> it's good that you're doing something for the kids. You're in year ten, like. So we were the school I went to was my high school was a uh, uh, seven to ten campus, and then yeah, yeah the year tens used to coach the year sevens in sport just as a way to try and sort of connect <laughs> connect the year levels a bit as well, I suppose um, and we had it we were, me and one of my good mates Scaff who I'm figuring uh, told you this story we were coaching um, a bunch of year sevens and, and putting them through a few footy drills and we're just doing like a half oval um, sort of um, simulation match I, <laughs> match I suppose I said to Scaff oh, I'll get out there and like <laughs> give him a bit of advice <laughs> get out there and give him a bit of advice and and um, anyway, one thing after another, and there was a, a year seven kid, and he was running back with the flight of the ball, and I just sort of went to, to spoil it from behind and just clean bolt, clean bolt him, knocked him out cold. <laughs> all, all, of the, all of the year sevens kind of stopped and like just looked around, and like, what is me like, what have you just done? And, and like the kid's nose is ble- like he's bleeding from his nose. It's like on um, on Simpsons when Homer bashes the hamburger and all the other kids are going, Stop, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> but yeah, and then so he was he was um yeah, he's laying on the laying on the ground bleeding so so yeah, it wasn't one of our finest moments and we were uh, Got quite a harsh, harsh sanction, and, and yeah, needless to say, didn't end up coaching any more sport for the, for the rest of the year. Epic fail. So there you go, guys. Uh, squares, if you're stuck in a gig that you're not enjoying, particularly coaching, um, the best exit strategy is to line out the line out the smallest kid. And, and you always, it, 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 I can picture like being at high school, and when it happened to like someone that was years below. I remember in primary school doing like sling tackling, like a grade three when I was in grade six. Like, if it's the same year level, it's kind of like, oh. I'd bad but when it's like when it's someone yeah. much younger everyone does stop and it goes so quiet because everyone's like he, he, like you can't do that like yeah. you shouldn't be doing that but i reckon we've all been there where we've been a little bit rough oh definitely uh yeah it, it happens to the best of us uh it's still happening to me now yeah. i was gonna say like, when, you're, when you're at school playing ball against grade sixes and they're absolutely splashing you from the three-point line and then you start getting a bit heated trying to uh, all of a sudden you're blocking them left, right, yeah. and then you go for a bit of a heavy rebound probably yeah, probably well, gave that kid a good knee you shouldn't it, have it, um, yeah the, the competitiveness kicks in no matter who you play against like there's some part of you you're like you just want to show them one or two minutes of what you actually really like yeah, and you're like well, you just got to show them they think that you're so good but they don't realise that you're there like 10 year old kids yeah. Yeah. and when you get this old you'll be superior to me yeah yeah 
There is one more thing we want to touch on, and this, I was hoping there would be something, I wasn't surprised when something come through like this. It's um, hey, a uh, bit of a lady talk, so here you go, with, with women a little bit, but very PG rated. So one of your mates said that you had rang him saying that there was an emergency, and that you had to come and pick, he had to come and pick you up straight away. Things had gone downhill, apparently, <laughs> and you needed to get out. Can you elaborate at all on that? I'm not going too far into this story, but it, on the surface, um, <laughs> one Friday night after work, I ended up um, back at a house with a friend, um, and <laughs> um, and anyway, we, we were hanging out and whatever, and, and uh, the conversation became awfully serious, awfully, awfully quickly. Probably not a path that I was looking at heading down at the time, and <laughs> uh, decided that I needed to have a quick shower um, and called my good mate Muzz, who would have been <laughs> <laughs> on your Muzz, big shout to Muzz. So you called him from the bathroom, yeah. called him what? from the bathroom, <laughs> and said, um, said, yeah, I need you to come pick me up. It's an it's an emergency, and like I was pretty sincere, and he, like so he figured like there must be something going on, like he must be in trouble, so. He, we lived in Kangaroo Flat together at the time and um, this house was sort of pretty close to the CBD and I reckon it only took him maybe three or four minutes to get there and he said, I'm out the front, do you need me to come in? And I said, no, no, that's all right, I'm, I'm coming out. <laughs> so anyway, jumped in the car and, and away we went. I don't think it's what he was expecting to rock up, rock up to at the time. Okay. Were any, word, were any words sh- um, shared in the back? Did You got a phone call, didn't you? <laughs> Let's give it a little bit more. <laughs> so I got a phone call um, in the car on the way way home, um, asking where <laughs> where I was. <laughs> Still in the shower. <laughs> Still in the shower, obviously. <laughs> Did you leave the shower going? No, no, I didn't. I didn't actually end up having a shower. Um, I just migrated to the bathroom and out the window. <laughs> anyway, I received a phone call. It wasn't wasn't one of my my finer moments and. and uh, it's probably lived dead for a little while until now, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Houdini. Exactly. Oh, well, you've got to do what you're going to do sometimes. That might be the episode. Houdini Ryan. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, like we said, some very funny stories. A lot of very relatable ones. I reckon all three of them people can relate to a lot because I reckon there's been a few more people than just you go through it. But yeah, obviously, no we can't bring up too much more, but no. it is good to uh, look back on some, um, <laughs> some fun times in your life and it's good for us to uh, talk about it. Yeah. Hey, Duffy boy. Yeah? Want to go to the cafe? Nah, I'm all good. All good? Funny you say that, because Adam and Eve is all good. I'm talking all good pet friendly. I'm talking all good food. I'm talking all good smoothies and juice. And best of all, all good coffee. Damn straight. So head down and see Breezy at Adam and Eve Cafe in Quarry Hill. It's an excellent food, great coffee. An awesome atmosphere and is a proud sponsor of Josh Squared. Love you, Breezy. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mitch, mate, we're looking at, um, at as you probably as a businessman, like, oh, and I'm just going to look at it from a hospitality standpoint. I swear the Queen's Arms still do occasionally. It's a cutthroat industry in a way. It's you know it can be pretty intense and, and all that kind of thing and. Um, when the going's good, it's good. When it's tough, it's tough. Um, and you've probably had a pretty big journey in terms of 
um, done a bit of everything, like cafes, um, restaurant kind of area, but nightclubs as well. Um, did you want to maybe start where you started and just to where you are now, I guess? Yeah, cool. So my first ever hospo job was as soon as I turned 15, uh, back where I grew up in Bayside, I worked at a place there called um, Ferg's Fish. It was more retail, actually, um, but there was a restaurant there um, that was pretty notorious um, and a, a really good setup. So I worked there for my first... Um, sort of worked there for 18 months um, and then moved to Bendigo um, when I was 18. First job I had up here, worked at the Black Swan nightclub for about three months and then... Uh, Sunday special! <laughs> and then worked, worked, at, worked at, at Hoo-Ha for a couple of years there. Um, so yeah, that was, that was good. I sort of started behind the bar and then um, worked my way up into operations and whatever and sort of got my first look at, I guess, small business um, there. Um, and a real peek behind the curtain at how how it works um, and what it entails. And then after a few years there, sort of lifestyle-wise, we wanted to move on and get out of that and figured, oh, well, we've done nighttime hospitality. Like, we'll be we'll be right to buy a cafe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be easy. So... Come um, straight in. Complete yeah, so, flip on hours, yeah, just about. Exactly. So so we bought um, the cafe, which was toughed at the time, um, and turned it into core till. That was 2013. So it was only 21 when we... When we when we bought who did you buy with sorry with Ruben yeah, yeah. so Ruben yeah. and I bought the cafe together um, and I guess I can exp- I explain it best like this now that we did it and we came up the other end I'm really glad that we did but if you, we had a fully known what we were getting ourselves into at the time we probably wouldn't have signed up for it like I think you have to probably be a little bit ignorant um, to to everything that's involved with it especially at that age otherwise you just wouldn't you wouldn't do it so. Um, Cortil for the first two years was like a really big struggle um, and you know I was sort of jumping right in the deep end we were lucky to inherit some pretty good staff here um, and they stayed with us for, for probably a three or four year period um, first two years were really difficult and then we sort of started to hit our straps a bit after that um, took over the building next door and did an expansion um, into there we were previously just just upstairs dining um, at 322 Littleton Terrace and then took over 324 and that became our, our ground dining space um, so still no have one, no one living up here. Nah, no one, li- <laughs> no one living up here. Just video um, and soccer league at times. <laughs> um, but yeah, still have core till to this day. Um, and then 2017, um, the opportunity come up um, to do the food truck festival, and, and we'd sort of dipped our toe in with events and stuff in the past through the nightclub and whatever. Um, and having a good mate who I grew up with back in Melbourne, he'd done a couple uh, of food truck festivals down there. Um, we had a bit of a brief chat and I said, look, I think there's a chance to do something in Bendigo. Would you be interested? He said, yeah, absolutely. And then approached JD and said, well, we've got this idea, are you on board? He said, yeah, it just grew from there. Um, so we did our first one, uh, May, 2017. That was at uh, Tom Flood Sports Center um, and went really well. Um, did another one in November of that year, so six months later, and, and we actually got forced to move it to Roslyn Park. We didn't want to move it to Roslyn Park at the time. The council forced us to. It probably was the best thing that happened to it because it ended up being a much better setup in there. Um, 100%. It was awesome at Roslyn Park. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was... <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and then, yeah, did another one of them the following year. And we lo- it was something that we wanted to do ongoingly because like, it's just a fun, good concept. I think <clears throat> it's inclusive to everybody. You can go there with your mates and have a couple of beers. You can go as a family. You can go in in a variety of ways. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, didn't end up happening last year, and we sort of transitioned um, and did the Buy the Vine Festival. Um, uh, first time sort of doing a wine festival like that, um, and had plans to probably expand that um, and make that a bit bigger this year. But 
obviously in the climate we're all living in, it's uh, very unlikely and who knows when we can do something like that again. You've been hosting them at your house every weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people can go home. Buy, buy the vine, Money Street, baby. <laughs> Get on it. Yeah, you're only allowed, uh, you're only allowed to be um, living with me, though, to come. So that limits it to four out people. Of every, <laughs> out of everything that you do, what's the best aspect of it in terms of... So the food trucks, festivals, cafes, like what do you enjoy the most out of all that? Uh, the food truck festivals are the most fun, like because you spend probably two or three months working up to it and it's just anticipation and then anyone who's ever worked a festival before knows like what it's like to just be go 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 for three straight days and then you're just exhausted after it so that's probably the most fun as far as like just a one-off event um but the day-to-day stuff um in the cafes like i absolutely love the boys that work with me and we, we have just opened a new venue um magnolia lane in bendigo as well and uh have a little night time thing um that we're doing as well called kami the boys um, that have worked at the cafe Cortil with me for years are all involved there. Um, and I just love working with, with guys that you're friends with on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Like it's, the yeah. best thing about Hospital for me is like it's a casual industry. I've never wanted to be super professional or, or do anything um, down that, that sort of track. Um, so I just love the casual aspect of it. That's, yeah. that's the best part of and it. And I reckon it's just awesome. Man. You can buy in with, with your mates, like you say. You've been yeah. on this journey for six, seven years with some of them already. Um, and, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg now. you got new business, and I think you were sort of hinting at maybe that you use that as a stepping stone just to keep kind of expanding that way. Um, yeah, yeah. So I moved middle of last year, I moved up to the Gold Coast. Um, I lived up there for a year. Just wanted a bit of a lifestyle change and was lucky enough to work at a cafe up there called Crew. Uh, and the guy that owns Crew is a guy, Julian Moosey. So he's like a, a pretty big um, well, hospitality guru in Melbourne. They've, they've, their company's called Only Hospitality. They've opened... Uh, 18 cafes in the last seven years um, and have a roastery as well um, so to work for him for a year was yeah just awesome mate just to be able to pick his brain and um, I suppose yeah get a peek behind the curtain at, at what they do it was good on two fronts it sort of like reassured us that we're like not that far off what they're doing like you know sometimes looking at those places from afar you think they've like reinvented the wheel a bit you know what I mean like it just looks so good externally yeah. how, like, can you, how, how could we, we get do there? that yeah. yeah but to sort of see behind the curtain it, it, it just yeah made us realize that it's not that they've they've got like an 11 herbs and spices or anything they just do everything a little bit better than what we're doing completely yeah. across the board every aspect they're just sharper um so yeah to, to see that was good and, and it sort of i guess yeah sparked the idea to do an, to do another venue and then then add the nighttime concept um on top of that yeah so this nighttime ca- uh, concept kami um yeah. it's malaysian food is that right? Yeah, so it's like, run down what's going on with yeah. So it's so it's really simple, um, cheap. We did just eat it, but we're not real sure. <laughs> yeah, no, this would be certain. I want to nail it. Yeah. So it's really simple Southeast Asian cheap eats. So um, obviously with the food truck background and whatever, love that sort of cheap cheap eat style where you're not really paying for service so much. You're just kind of paying for the food to be cooked, and you're just getting little portions, and you can walk around and eat it. So it's kind of made to be like that. It's made to be cheap and affordable, and you can have two or three different options. Um, instead of paying, you know, restaurant prices or whatever for, for yeah. the one. And on the goal as well, if you just want to get takeaway quickly and take it home. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it, it is just available for takeaway, delivery or on Uber Eats um, and it will be available four nights uh, four nights a week, Thursday through Sunday um, and that will launch next next week. So yeah, keep your eyes out, Kami. Um, yeah. just, just quickly, we did, did just get to eat something but just quickly before we get into the food because I reckon there'll be a few listeners that would be interested in this. If there are people looking at going down the similar line, so not so much hospitality but small business sort of set up what advice would you have like just a couple of things 
advice-wise that you would give before you jumped into it, I guess, if you didn't have a massive background in that sort of stuff? Um, yeah, so I reckon that, like, it differs for everyone. Like, I, you speak to so many people in small business and everyone has a different opinion. There is no textbook for it, but there's probably two levels to it. For me, the first level is just have a crack. Like, it honestly is as simple as just having a crack and, and not being afraid to make mistakes and screw things up and and that really is the base of where where it all comes from and if you're willing to do that you can figure the rest out but i suppose when it comes to like wanting to grow it and take it to a new level then that then it comes down to you know understanding the figures of a business a bit more and how they work and you know you can have a really good business but it might not necessarily be profitable so is it sustainable to 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 run so but at the end of the day, every small business, from my perspective, just runs on uh, the commitment from the people that are, that are involved. Similar, a bit like Josh Squared. Absolutely. Yeah, a bit like Josh Squared, the commitment. That's what it is. Professional. But professional, yeah. That thing you say about having a crack, like, so Squares, um, when we were chatting over dinner, I actually was under the impression that Mitch was a chef um, because he owned a cafe um, and I knew that he did work in the kitchen. But... Um, in actual fact, he wasn't a chef, um, so he's business owner, and this that's where this whole having a crack, I think, comes into it. That um, you were sort of saying, Mitch, you know, you know that it's going to be hard to lock down, um, you know, maybe a really high quality chef for a long period of time without them wanting to become affiliated with the business. So you kind of took it upon yourself, you threw yourself into the kitchen, an area that you liked, you liked cooking food and that kind of thing. But yeah, you know, that's that's a pun in itself, I guess, and it kind of paid off. Yeah, absolutely. So. When we first bought the cafe, we didn't have any kitchen training or anything. And 12 months in, we were really struggling to get any consistency out of our kitchen. And like, you know, people knock chefs a lot and, and go, they're really hard to work with and whatever. But from my perspective, like if you've got a job that's super stressful, doesn't pay that well, and you generally work weekends and public holidays and whatever, you're not going to get a great talent pool of people going, oh, I want to do that as a career. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, you kind of have to work with what you have a little bit more. So. After that 12 month period, we just had no control. And I said, oh, I need to start working in the kitchen so I can understand that side of our business because they would be giving us excuses for stuff. And I've got no idea whether the excuse they're giving me is legitimate or not. So I decided to work in there and did that for three years. And that's probably where, um, yeah, things turned around for us and we probably started to, to, to head in a, a better direction. But yeah, you've got to be willing to, to get in and, and do whatever the business needs. And it's not all glamorous. Like people think small business is this like glamorous thing where, um, you would just start playing it golf look, every look, day. Of it the, looks like that. You know, it? Like, like yeah. you think about most people at Bendigo would have heard of Cortina and Bendigo to a wonderful cafe, very nice menu, nice food. Chelsea loves waffles there. There's a burger there I love. And you just think, geez, this would be, oh, you do. You sit there and you think this would be like easy. Yeah. And and not it, easy, but you think I would be able to do this. And, and I reckon it shits hospitality people nothing more than people thinking that, but they all do because exactly. well, I've got no hospitality background, zero, never worked. I worked at Macca's a couple of years, never went to work though, and that's kind of a little bit different. It's a big <laughs> franchise, a lot different. Yeah. But I agree, yeah, you think, oh, it couldn't be that hard. No. And it's because you're not really working with others, like, because I think about my, my previous employee, Cal Francis, who sponsored the show, Queen's Arms, and it'd be the same as you, Mitch. Working weekends, so, so, <laughs> same as you, sponsor, Magnolia Lane. Kami and Cortil, three sponsorships. Bang, bang, bang. That's a, tw- three times, and the, we're out. Three Stop. times the cost. And we're out. We got what we want. Stop the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he would have blokes down him. Oh, Jesus, easy running a pub. You know, yeah, you live exactly your life, right. mate. Yeah. I know. I just always be like, people don't know. He does 70 hour weeks. So like he's bloody working his ring out. He's working weekends. And, and you see it when it's busy. We see it when it's busy. Yeah. Yeah, we, I go to Cortil public holidays, Sundays, and go to the pub Saturday nights, Fridays, and you think, yeah. You think that's what it's They're always like. like. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh. no, no, it's not like that at all. You, I mean, small business ownership, you really just 
doing the jobs that like other people don't want to do. Like half the time in the kitchen, we're washing dishes, doing all sorts of stuff. But yeah. you know, there is a, there is a good side to it, and that's I, I suppose the freedom uh, that you can kind of buy yourself in the end, at, at the end. But you know, no one gets into hospitality because they want to be a millionaire or they're a mercenary or anything like that. It's not an industry that you're gonna you know make billions of dollars but it is an industry that you can have a lot of fun in your, pe- your friends get to come to the cafe and the venues and all that sort of stuff and i think that's the the, the best part about it yeah 100 right yeah doof i think uh you know that, that's that's a beautiful uh chat to the backdrop of mitch i reckon now we get to the nitty-gritty yeah the main stuff um, <laughs> as a cooking show of course we've just, we've just got ourselves in a lot of hot water over the cooking show because as you would have heard on the episode before, if you've got a chance to listen to it, we um, went through our 19 to 1 best dishes and we're getting a lot of hate mail. Has not been received well by the, by the big four. Uh, you hear from Skinny Dan, actually. I think he's still, he's still knocking back Great Northerns, but when he, when he's, when he sovers up, I reckon we'll be getting lost, We've well. lost two friendships. <laughs> Bonnie Pritter and Katie McGee don't want to speak to us anymore and we've been getting threatening messages. But um, but anyway, we, we've, uh, we've been treated tonight to... to uh, Kami food, so the South, South East Asian food, um, and the four dishes: nasi goreng. We had some pork spring rolls, pork yeah, and prawn, prawn, prawn spring prawn. rolls, laksa, uh, curry, curry laksa, laksa, yeah. laksa. And, and shakwatao. And I struggled a little bit when I asked you, asked the chef Dre, Doctor Dre, as in, <laughs> we've got we've got Doctor Dre in working here. When I asked him and he said that, I kind of just did the old oh. Yep. Yeah, I know what that is, sort of thing. So, was he under the impression that we were some sort of big food critics? Because, yeah. mind you, big quick background. We've, Mitch has got a chef, obviously, that does Kami. Excellent. But, um, yeah, I think he was under the impression that we were. Yeah. Oh, there's a bit of a language barrier there. <laughs> Dre, ripping fellow. Because he's your rap. He's your rap. Because he's your doctor. The doctor. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, was, I explained to him um, that I needed some... Oh, we, were, we were doing a photo shoot tonight for all our online content, so I said oh, it would be a good time to pair that up with um, the podcast. So I said to him, I, I ne- I'm going to need some meals um, at 6.30 there for reviews. And he's uh, like, eyes oh, like, looked like a deer in the headlights. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. And then you said, I, wonder, I do think, like, when we walked in, I wonder if he was thinking, like, they don't look like people that would know anything about food. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he thought that when I said, what is this to tofu? <laughs> what is this? And then he goes, and I don't really like eggs. And uh, I'm not a big fan of prawns either. Guy's probably thinking, what? Are these guys serious or what? These are like absolute staples of every meal. So, he walked the dishes out, put them on the table and explained what they were. And then, yeah, I mean, obviously looking at you two wearing beanies and hoodies um, was probably a little bit surprised. We should have come in looking like George and Matt Cravat. <laughs> well, you got the figure on. Um, but anyway, like the food, mate, absolute shit up from my perspective. Like a bit of spice in, um, in the curry dish, uh, which... I'm a big fan of. Hey, baby! You looking hot tonight? And uh, I actually said to Dilfer, said, there's a bit of kick in that one. He goes, oh, good, I love hot food. And then he starts hooking into it and he goes, oh, shit, that is hot, isn't it? <laughs> it was, no, I do like hot food, but it did, it's because I had a beanie on. Overwhelmed yeah. me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was good, nice, but I was full as by then, but I don't like eat heaps of that food. Like, as in, yeah. we don't really have, there's not really that many options for that sort of food there is like as in I've been to Pee Thai and Chinese and stuff like that but I only 
I'm very stick to what you know sort of bloke. So yeah. very Western. I have started branching out as you squares would know. I've eaten salmon twice now. <laughs> yeah. Japanese Mitch did threaten me on the golf course that he was going to get his chef to cook salmon, and I was going to flip. Sashimi. Oh no, I'll be out. Yeah. <laughs> But um, no, it was good to have something, something different and very, very nice. But are yeah. they going to be so obviously some staple meals on the menu? Yeah, so they will be for so it's just nine meals um, on the menu. So yeah, once again, obviously made to be really quick, accessible, um, and ready to go. Um, so they are four of the the nine dishes that we have. Yeah, yeah, and uh, quite of came a range of sizes too. I felt like you had those spring rolls, which if you wanted something a bit smaller. Um, they were, yeah. could chip out those, and then there was kind of those bigger sizes too. So um, we're gonna, we're not going to go through all the tastes and all that stuff because it was all absolutely magnificent. Of course, Doof, it was five Doof Teenies, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely five Doof Teenies. Their stamp of approval right there. So um, no, that was uh, that was shit up, mate. Um, mate, before we let you go, as you know, uh, being a big fan of the show, we do have a couple last things that we get you to sign off with. Um, First of all, a pet story. Uh, shout out to any pet you may have had in the past, a current pet. Um, and then, of course, you get to put someone on skull cam too. <laughs> um, yeah, I, see, never really had pets growing up. Like, growing up in the city, we just didn't have a big backyard. Yeah, bay size. So you're a, yeah. bit of a bit of a high class, bit of a high uh, roller. The OC. Oh, I, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, the OC. The OC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the OC. You were riding off the OC, running around with Marissa. <laughs> No, you were Trey, um, the bad brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't didn't really have pets and whatever, but yeah, certainly in the last couple of years, um, have a greater appreciation for um, dogs, especially. Um, but yeah, not I, I don't have too many stories to share. I have one story where we uh, unfortunately killed one of our good friends. <laughs> Goldfish one night. No, oh, oh, you're going to say dog. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's going to... Shut up. Okay, goldfish, they come and go. Um, yeah, exactly right. So we just we got home and... Home from a big night out and figured we'd see how much food the little fella could eat and emptied the whole uh, food container in there. And needless to say, he didn't quite get through all of it. We found him floating on the top... <laughs> On the top. Sometimes the- people don't know where to stop. Or in this <laughs> very case- similar to what, to what I eat like. <laughs> in yeah. this case, the goldfish didn't know where to stop. Um, but yeah, no, no, no other real pet stories apart from that. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, big shout out to that. Do you know who his name was or not? No, I don't. I should. Let's go, Goldie. Like, Tyson. So Goldie. you obviously don't. You obviously like, don't like care. A bit of remorse. I just- <laughs> <laughs> you obviously don't care. Yeah. We've had a few goldfish stories. Dunham talked about them getting. Remember getting sucked up the field. Sucked up the field. They kept getting sucked up the field. Several of them. And he kept he kept buying new ones, thinking they were just disappearing, and they were all caught up in just the magically, magically disappearing out of his <laughs> Actually, fishbowl. one one. It's not not a pet story, but an animal story. Oh, this is probably a bit more grim than even that one. But playing golf with an old fella one day, and obviously occasionally birds and ducks and whatever will sort of gather at the front of a tee box, and <laughs> this old fella has just skimmed one off the tee and it's just gone smack into this, like smack straight into the duck. And the duck kind of like had a bit of a broken wing, like it looked, it looked all right, like half a chance to survive. <laughs> oh, no. Just, oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Walked over and just clubbed it. And I was like, I was like, was that necessary? Like it didn't look that bad. He's like, had to be done young fella. And just kept walking, like just left it there, so. 
Big shout out to the uh, to the duck and the goldfish. Uh, both had a rough chart. That is something that old guy would do though. They they're, they're really like they're, they're stoic just, yeah. in the way that as soon as an animal's got a hindrance, they need to go. Go, yeah, exactly, yeah. And they have no qualms in, like, in just taking it upon himself to do whatever <laughs> needs to be done to do it. And I'm like, remember Sharpie's dad spoke about Glenbuck Farm, like classic example. Jack Russell got kicked by a horse, and it was like sort of all, and he just grabbed it and threw it onto the woodpile, like he said it was like hardly. <laughs> Even like moving And he was like Oh it's done Like it stood on Little Jack Russell Threw it onto the wood pile And then like a day later Come back Nothing wrong It had cuts and that on It survived And he, and he just gone Nah See you later But yes yeah. They do think they're invincible and Especially out in public Like yeah. maybe If it's your chicken at home Or something And you own it Then maybe Maybe it's a little bit more yeah. Understandable But just doing it In a public viewing <laughs> I know That's like they justify They're doing the right thing, which maybe they are in some sense, but just the way he just walked up, stone cold, and cold. I was like, far out, I could not do that. And then, then walked 10 metres just to scrub another shot down the fairway and swear and whatever. But anyway. The poor duck's got a Callaway imprint on his forehead. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, very good. Big shout out to those pets, um, all those animals. Um, the last thing, as we always do, you get to put someone on scale cam, but just before we do that, from Duff and I, I just want to say a huge thank you for having us. Um, no worries, yeah, uh, it's been uh, the food was fantastic, but yeah, wish you all the best on your adventures as well um, with the cafe um, and also with Kami uh, and then obviously Courtil. Uh, yeah, keep up the great yeah, work. Any other cafes you end up buying in the next year, probably heaps. Get us involved. We're very good hospitality boys. We'll see what happens. Yeah, get us on the. Uh, we could be baristas maybe. I know, I know how to make instant, but you just turn the kettle on. I can on. do a coffee, oh. not well, but I can do oh, it. I've never. I do pub class. I, I do drink it. a heap of them, that's about it. There's like a... With oh, co- I don't drink them at all. Don't, really? Yeah, no, I don't drink it. Haven't drank it for a couple of years. So, coffee? No, don't you're good, like, you're don't a good like man. it, but I'll taste it in the morning, like when we set up the machine and whatever, but just... I just love the flavour. Yeah. But... I used that, to drink... I love everything, everything about it. Everything. It's so good. Coffee Magnolia Lane is unreal too, actually... Yeah. Even if I wasn't your friend, I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very Al, nice. Jackie Alvarista, big shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Big square. Good work, listening. Good work, Jackie boy. He'll be, <laughs> he'll be playing this first thing in the morning. Right out. Uh, who put on Skullcam, mate? Uh, I don't know if he'll be listening to the podcast. He's not a big uh, big sporty sort of fella. But my good mate, Jacko Spawn, he does love to scull a beer, that's for sure, or a wine or Morning, that would be great. Things, so you might have to track him down, but I'm sure he'll be happy. Yeah, we'll get on to him. I know Spawny quite well. I'll um, I'll message him and yeah, he'll be on there. Love it, Jacko Spawn. You're on Skullcam, brother. You have 24 hours to upload a video to our page or never listen to us again. <laughs> beep beep beep. <laughs> Bendigo's Hot Topic. Hot Topic, Hot Topic. Pretty short and sharp Hot Topic this week. Um, As you just heard with uh, Mitch there, he's opening up a new um, takeaway joint, uh, Kami, which which operates out of Magnolia Lane there uh, near the fountain in the middle of town. Um, They deal in South... Like it's South, modern South, Asian cuisine, yeah, Southeast Asian or something, yeah, cuisine. It's you know, a it's rain. Ba- it's yeah, it's basically like Nazi Goring, luck curry luxes, all things like that. that you would have heard Mitch talk about, but it's designed cheap. It's cheap, just quick eat. So quick, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, go and pick it up, cheap. Sort of like food truck setup, sort of stuff. So. 
But um, I think it'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to be... Uh, I'm thinking this episode episode's going to be probably dropping Wednesday, which means that tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, tomorrow, Thursday, um, is when everything's opening up there. So you can hit them up on Uber Eats um, or you can call them up and um, pick up as well, I think. so. Yes, and they are a sponsor now. They're a sponsor of they the are show. They're uh, one of our... New sponsors, obviously, and they've got Magnolia Lane too, which is the cafe during the day that does nice coffees and um, like salad bar, upper class salad bar sort of stuff. Very good if you're um, trying to watch your weight like me. But um, That's yeah, it. it's, Mitch is doing great things, and we're we, we're happy to for him to be our sponsor, and we are hoping to support him as much as we can. And because there's two of us, Josh Squared, Josh Two, we're sort of doubling up on us. We've got two pubs as sponsors. We've got two two, two tradie things, uh, big Beer, boy bins, bins and, and ecotech. We've got two um, two cafes. Did we already say that? Yeah, right. two cafes, two pubs. We've got two takeaway, Kami's takeaway, and so is um, Stratford State takeaway. Stratford takeaway. Yeah, um, and then we've got. We've only got the one butcher, but... Um, We're not going to get another one's, butcher. One's enough. One is one's enough. enough. It's the, the greatest, best in town. The greatest meat ever. Yeah, exactly right. So, no, um, that's that's the main thing that's happened in Benio. The other one, though, Doof, and it's a bit of sad news. Um, it's kind of excites me a little bit too, though, because our boy, our boy Boydie's man, he's been missing for a while. Uh, we haven't we haven't heard much from him. He's been low and low. COVID's obviously hit him. Maybe his family. I don't know if he's got a family. I assume he would. Um, he's got a lot of money. He's, yeah. he's got a lot of product. Well, he's, he's been providing. He's been providing for them, hasn't he? Yes, with he has all the stuff he's been taking. He's the meat. He is the meat winner. Yeah. If you if you're not a, uh, an avid listener, um, Bordy's man is is uh, he, he features mainly roaming around in long gully kind of area and um he just loves stealing stuff so um and that's <laughs> a bottom line is he loves it yeah. but it's been what i've got a thing that i thought about him he now that's getting warmer because he used to get around in the bodies in the singlet or bodies no shirt maybe because winter he couldn't wear that and his disguise he didn't have his disguise anymore so now that it's getting warmer and there's not as many people out to catch him that's that's why there's cars going missing boats Firewood? People have been stealing firewood. So wait, you're telling me Bordy's guy could well be tracksuit and hoodie guy as well. They could <laughs> oh, be the same person. Oh, possibly. Dun, dun, dun. Possibly, but yeah, theft rate is up, which yeah. you would think that you're not allowed out of the house for March. Like, we're obviously talking over Zoom at the moment. Yeah. And you're not allowed out of the house for March, but... um, It is ballsy, isn't it? Like, people are going to be home, yet I'm still going to go take their car. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like, at least, wear, at least wearing a mask... He's a bit more of a disguise too. So keep your eye out if you're in the Bendigo region for Bordy's man because yeah. that's about all that's happening in Bendigo at the moment. We don't want to... Coronavirus, obviously, everyone knows about and we don't need to talk about that because everyone knows what's going on and knows that we're in lockdown. And there's literally nothing else but theft. Yeah, so um, <laughs> uh, Bordy's man, just uh, keep an eye out for him. Um, I think he might have recruited a few people too. Um, so yeah, might be running in a bit of a pack. Yeah. Uh, looking for guys with bold hair, um, no shirts, and wearing boardies. Because I think, I think they all have to wear Fluoro boardies. Fluoro, too. <laughs> Fluoro boardies. Billabong, rip curl, you name it. Yeah. Um, Rusty. Yeah, so, yeah. Keep Stay vigilant, Bendigo. Steffi Grace. Gee whiz, you're looking awfully parched over there. Babe, I'm thirsty. Well, guess what? If you need to go wet your whistle somewhere, there's no better spot to do it than the Resi Hotel and the Queen's Arms Hotel. Quarry Hill and Strathdale and Bendigo, get amongst it. Woohoo! Yoo!
Um, I have a joke. Yes. yes. Um, what's the funniest smelling thing in the whole wide world? The funniest smelling thing in the whole wide world. Yes. Perhaps your nose. Oh, no. Nah. It's time for Joke of the Week. Rightio, it's that time of the episode, uh, Joke of the Week. We've had a couple of weeks off Joke of the Week. Looking forward to see what Juzzy has in store for us, JW Podiatry. Uh, we'll give him a bell now, Duff. Josh's. Juzzy, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Sorry, it's been a bit of a delay. We've been we've changed the episodes up a little bit as because we're over Zoom now, so it's a bit... It's a bit more difficult, but uh, it's good to catch you. How you been? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good. I already know how Squidge is going. Yeah, do yeah, you? I'm fine, mate. He's always had, good. He's always good, had, though. Had a big win on the Warzone last night, so... We uh, did. We oh, did. I just told you all about it. Oh, I'm sick oh, of yeah. talking about gaming. That's all you just wanted to talk about. Oh, I, I actually, Jazzy, I couldn't get to bed for like an hour and a half. I was absolutely just pumped on adrenaline. You're too jacked. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I was telling Dad about it all night. <laughs> I always go to him afterwards. He goes, "Oh, did you ever win?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, no, I've never, I've never won." And then last night I was like, "Dad, I actually won." <laughs> so That's very good. good. Proud family is, is moment. He, is he proud of you? Oh, mate, he's already got the uh, the photo of the um, of the boys. The screen <laughs> win. The helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, love it. Righto, what do you got for us this week? Uh, I got a quick dad joke. Yep, go for it. Uh, a lot of people um, pick their nose. Actually, fuck, I forgot the joke now. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> but I reckon I was born with mine. <laughs> yeah, that was good once you delivered it, but yeah, it's very good. Um, yeah. Well, you've had two weeks and you've been thrown. Oh, mate, I completely forgot about Josh Quaid. Oh, come on. Is I've that... been focus- focusing on... Um, on COD, but that'll have to take a back seat now. Yeah, I know. I'll deliver a good one next week. Start studying. Who are you putting on? Uh, <laughs> big Monster Island. Ooh, Ooh, fresh off a win in the Warzone too. We'll, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give him a bell. The Warzone boys. <laughs> keeping it in-house. I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right. We'll give you a call next week, Juzzy. All right. I'll, uh, I'll do a bit of homework. Good yeah, work, big fella. See you, See you mate. See ya. Big week looking after feats. Got to the boy. Rightio, just giving Big Ranger a, a bell. I, f- I, f- I don't know if he's going to be ready for this one. <laughs> don't know how he goes with jokes. Don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard him tell one before. Let's see how he goes. G'day, dickheads. Monster, how are you? <laughs> Good, what's happening? Yeah, not much. Why wouldn't you answer my call? <laughs> I actually missed it. Oh, too busy throwing around iron. Is that where you're up? Just bicep curls? Nothing but? Just, that's it. Just all the beef. You should be out practicing your golf swing, actually. <laughs> what? You should be out oh, practicing your golf swing. Fucking no. It's embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> I haven't actually seen it. I would have no idea, but you probably hit them like the rest of us. Terribly. <laughs> every, oh, now and get, every now and again, you get a couple out of the screws. Yeah, it is nice when you get a few very out of the screws. Rarely. Yes, very rarely. A great game, though. What can I do the favour? Um, Justin Wh- Williams has put you on um, Joke of the Week. So I know you'd be jumping yeah, out his skin for that. So he wants me to come up with a joke? <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. So he told us a joke <laughs> and then he nominates someone and then we call them. Okay. <laughs> and then what do I do? Yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> so now you have to tell a joke right now on the spot. Right now? Yeah, right now. 
Make Never sure they're PG there. rated, relatively PG rated. <laughs> nah, um, it's, a, it's, it's not great. It's a bit of a dad joke. Yeah, that's all right. We, that's what we, we like the dad jokes. I think Skidgy might have heard this one before. She got it off a younger bloke. It's for the list. It's, it's um, for our listeners. It's not for us. Don't worry about us, brother. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have heard this one. Yeah, I can't remember it, but what? I remember you telling me. Why do you never buy those sandals? Why? Because they're a ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, do you want another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah go on, mate. I've, I've actually put myself under pressure. I don't have another one. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, fool! You just wanted the you want the limelight. Now you've ruined it. Yeah, when you get put on the spot, yes. Don't worry, it happens nearly every time we ask someone. It's a lot like my golfing swing, you know. As soon as I'm in front of one or two, she goes down the gurgle. Yeah, she does go down the gurgle. Well, we'll just stick with one if you don't have another one for us then. Nah, we'll, we'll stick with one. I think that'll do. Yeah, your golf swinging that joke's enough, mate. Well done. <laughs> yeah, you can actually bring that up, actually. Good work. Good work, monster. I've got another one. Liam Island hitting 134 at Balmore. <laughs> <laughs> 134, wow. That's a course record. <laughs> wow. That was on the front nine, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was at mini golf at the zone. <laughs> You're more than welcome to use that one as well. Oh, oh. We will. Don't worry. This is all been recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Good work, mate. Good work. Right, Good stuff. See you, monster. See you, mate. Just uh, a quick side note. Good. How good's having the nickname Monster? Oh, yeah. There's uh, a monster in all of us. There is a monster in all of us. Uh, it does get a hold of us at times. Uh, but he's embraced. Like all good nicknames, uh, he just embraced it, really. And um, He did well there. He really wanted to be part of it, and he just... Didn't really execute, no, no, did he? No, no. I like the confidence, though. Much better than just hanging up like we've had before. Yeah, no, he offers plenty of band. I might have to get him on the show down the track, I think. Yes, we will. All right, good work, Raga, and great work, Jazzy. G'day, Tommy Dunham. How you going, mate? Yeah, not good, Josh. My house has just been broken into. Been broken into, mate? You're joking. No, nah, broken into. Everything's gone. Mate, I've got the perfect setup for you. Go and see Pat Cummins and Jack McCulloch. That's Pat Cummins and Jack McCulloch. Not the, not the fast bowler for Australia, but the big, young, strapping, ecotech warrior. They'll sort you out, mate. They uh, specialise in sparkiness and also installing security systems. Go hit them up. Bloody oath. I'll be right there. On your boys. This one because it's been in the news of late and I'll be very interested to see how you'll go about it. Your word is sub-zero, like the horse that passed away, sub-zero. Oh, I didn't even know there was a horse that passed away. Okay. <laughs> so sub-zero it's called. Sub-zero. Oh, geez, that's a hard... It's one of Melbourne covers from Bendigo. Oh, goodness. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Yes, Jasper, this is Georgia. G'day, Georgia. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, going well. Um, I'm just wondering if you have a, a, any newspapers there. Can I get newspapers from the IGA? Um, we 
usually do. I actually don't know at the moment if we have any, but I can run just down the back and check if you want to wait one moment. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Um, actually, two secs while while you're there. Um, do you mind checking is if if there's a um article about a local horse that passed away? Um, it ran in a Melbourne Cup. It'd be on the back page, I reckon. But yeah, just just keep an eye out for that. That'd be good. What newspaper are you after? Uh, Benio Advertiser. All right, no worries. I'll just pop you on hold for a moment, and I'll come back and let you know. Thanks very much. Um, I... No worries. <laughs> There's no way she's going to know what the horse is called. <laughs> I was hoping so badly that a young female would answer, because they were, I doubt they would have much of an idea if it was. She says yes, and they say, what was it called? <laughs> she just read, if she reads it straight out of there, I, it was in last week's paper, so you're in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to say, like, I don't know what else you can relate to it. Because so, you just say it's a number, it's not a number. <laughs> this is killing me, isn't it? Are you there? Uh, yes. Awesome. So I've got the Bendigo advertiser here and there is a story about a horse. Um, I'll just leave it near the cigarette counter for when you get here. Cool. What, what was the name of the horse? Um, you'd have to give me a second. No worries. <laughs> um, I actually don't know. I actually don't even know if it's a local horse. Oh, okay. Um, oh, no worries. Thank you so much for your help anyway. Um, no yeah, worries. Are you I'll... wanting the paper or do you want me to put it back? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll pop in. I'll pop in. Yeah, no yeah. worries. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for your help. See ya. Bye. Bye. Um, well, geez, my heart rate just lifted there. I thought she was going to read out Sub-Zero and I thought this is going to be one of the all-time great Ws, but... Uh, it was, it was a tough one. We, I, we haven't done it for a while, so I thought I'd better put you on the spot. Well, I was tossing up being a weirdo and going <laughs> like, oh, yeah, well, I've got you. Yeah, like, um, what are the name of those things you can get at Subway? What are they called? And then, like, try and get her to say sub, and then I'll say, what's the number before one? Oh. But then, like, she just be like, what is this guy? <laughs> what is he? It doesn't, what? <laughs> it doesn't matter out, does it? But, but uh, I thought, also find it hard to believe that there's an article about a horse, but they don't tell you what its name was, or you don't know if it's local. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon I was close. I reckon, yeah. I reckon she just couldn't be bothered looking. Yeah. Bad luck, mate. Probably fair enough. Radio <laughs> <laughs> Dorf, for one of our favourites, but it's in a it's in a different town. It's in Kyabram. Yeah. Um, and your word is lime. 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 Like the fruit. Or the colour. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's easy. How's it been, Kyber and Kelly speaking? G'day, Kelly. How are you going? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, I'm just after it's um, some... I think it's a fruit. I don't know if you guys will have it, but I just thought I'd call you before I could get onto the supermarket. It's like a lemon. A lemon? No. It's It's like a lemon, though, but it's um, they're green. Do you know what they... Yeah. I've... No, I don't sell... We don't sell the, um, like, fruit and veg sort of stuff. Do you know? Yeah, stuff. yeah, that's okay. I just need to call. I need it for my for dinner. I live in Clarebrum, but I just don't know what they're called. Do you know what they're called? They're like it's like a lemon, but they're green and they're a bit smaller. Oh, uh, 
not the lime. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a lime. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So I'll just ring up the supermarket. Yeah. Yeah. All right, no, All right, no, thanks, Kelly. Okay. Bye. Bye. That was so easy. Oh, that was so easy. Oh, yeah. But nice. hard. Yeah. Oh, it was funny though because I thought that she wasn't going to get there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we don't actually have the fruit and veg. Oh, oh you're not talking about the limes. <laughs> what you? else could it be? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking about the banana. Oh goodness. Well done. Hey, Dorf. Yeah. How good's beer? Yeah. Good. Well, what you should do is you should go to the Queen's Arms Hotel and tip in a few cold ones and have a burger. Bloody beautiful. I should. And you should go to the Reservoir Hotel and get a beer and eat a pizza. Are they pretty good? Very good. Delish. Delish. Rightio, the end of another big week, Duffy. Um, it was great catch up, catching up with Mitch. Um, wish him all the best with uh, his endeavours at Kami. Make sure you pop in, see what it's all about. Grab a coffee from Magnolia Lane. Um, Duff, now, I was actually actually on a side note, while we, I'm about to talk about some fellas, um, and you were in there earlier today, uh, caught up with the with the boys at the Floor Hill Butcher Shop, and you, and you mentioned that they, they were going on a camping trip, and um, I was actually messaging them today. Because um, I didn't know this, and and I don't know if you squares know this, but you can actually get dog bones from butchers. Um, well, I knew that you could. I didn't know that one specifically, but I know you can get dog bones. From well, I didn't really know, and and I Steph was like, just I was like, she's like, well, ask Flora Hill, best butcher in town. I was like, all right. <laughs> so I message him, and they're like, yeah, 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 mate, yeah, we do. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. And then he goes, mate, that's literally. And he replies like, mate, that's literally all we do is cut bones or uh, cut meat off bones. We do that all day long. We get that many bones. It's not funny. I was like, yeah, true. I didn't really think of that. So. I've sort of just been thinking to like normally do a shout out to someone and, and that kind of thing, but uh, I reckon we just we just, yeah just change it up a little bit. I, I know that you said they'll go on camping or, or Jacko might. I think have been. they'd have a few drinks at their house together or something, yeah. something along those lines. So um, I think there's just I'd love nothing more than to see Tommy Dargaville just throw back a single fin on scale cam um, for us. That'd just make my week, I think. Oh, I agree, and while we're at it, I reckon we chuck Jacko Dargaville on as well. So the brothers together, the dynamic and, and I want him to go head to head at the same time, get someone a video, and I want to see who's quicker to be, because then we can start talking about the number one person who works at the butcher will be crowned after this weekend when these two go against each other. My money's on Jacko, the skull cam king. I'm right, Tommy. He's going to get the job done. Don't worry about that. Um, so without further ado, Tommy and Jacko. You're on Skullcam! We have 24 hours to upload a video to our Facebook page or never listen to us again. Beep, beep, beep. We haven't done this sign off for a bit actually, so I reckon we may as well do the, the, the yes. big weekend thing. And then I have one more quick shout out too. Dino Martin down 12 kilos now. 12 kegs to the boys! 12 kegs to the boys. So, on that note, enjoy, enjoy yourselves this weekend and look after you, mates. mates. Yo! Eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. <laughs> eat bread and desserts. <laughs> get no, I don't know. Do, do it, do it. No. Do it. <laughs> eat bread and desserts and get all fat and sassy. <laughs> <laughs>